Hey baddies, I still have not slept and my arms are super sore because I've been getting a bunch of immunizations and vaccinations for my next trip. So let's do this. Welcome to Bad Witch Podcast, the podcast where we are going to get our witch shit together one spell at a time. Y'all, my arms hurt so bad. <laughs> I am sleep deprived. My arms really hurt, but I'm still feeling really happy and really excited. Well, you know, because it's podcast day, but also because it is the autumnal equinox. We have made it to fall. I think the reason, so I'm going on this trip. I'll tell y'all a little bit more about it when it gets closer, but, um, cause I have a bunch of planning to do and I <laughs> don't want to think about it, but I don't think it's a coincidence that today was the day I was like, go get your flu shot because not only is the start of fall and truly like the witching season, but also to me, a complete hypochondriac, it is the start of flu season. <laughs> so I had to knock that one out first and then get all the other ones I needed. And so I'm recording a little early this week. One, because I wanted to actually record on a tom oh, nope, already messing it up. Autumnal Equinox Day to soak up all of this fall energy. But also I uh, am worried I might develop like a low grade fever <laughs> in response to everything I had to like. I was like, can we just do them all today? And they were like, if you want. And I was like, yeah, you know, rock and roll. There's no like the present. But yes, we have arrived at the autumnal equinox. It is finally happening. I Where I am, it is currently 90 degrees still, but that did not stop me from wearing knee-high boots today. Was I hot? Absolutely. Did I sweat? Uh-huh. <laughs> am I really not used to wearing heels after the whole summer so I hurt my ankle? I did, but you know what? I looked great <laughs> and I felt great. And that is what autumn is all about. So um, I've absolutely loved, loved the pictures that y'all shared in the Facebook group showing how you celebrated everyone that did like a feast. It looked so amazing and your fall altars are up and all the amazing, you know, the colors are in and the reds and the oranges and the russets and the maroons. Oh, I just love those colors. I could stare at them all year. I, I am someone that is very influenced by color. You know, color plays a really big part. In witchcraft, I was actually thinking perhaps we should, I know we did it in the candle episode, but I was thinking maybe we should do a full episode on color symbolism and significance, just not just centered around candles, but, but just colors overall in the spectrum that we can examine with that. So if that's something you'd be interested in, let me know, because I, I think it's something worth revisiting outside of, of the realm of just candle magic. So yeah, let me know if that's something I'll be interested in, but seeing your celebrations was so amazing. Some of you watched the craft for the first time. I love that so, so much. I, uh, number one, want to say at the top, if you want to join the Facebook group, the answer is the craft. <laughs> uh, Y'all, it's at, we're over 400 members, which is spectacular. I am so excited. I never, I never, I never, I never, well, I never, I never thought the group would get that big. I never thought this podcast would, you know, get out to a bunch of people. It's so amazing and stunning and I'm so thrilled by it. So, but the thing is when it gets bigger, we have to really protect it. And so please just answer the craft or you can say the covenant or you can say flubber or blubber. I will pick all those answers. If you've listened to a lot of the episodes, you know why flubber and or blubber are acceptable answers. <laughs> Movies, a movie I've actually never seen, but like to reference a lot. And we do have about 20 people in the queue right now. And let me tell you, just, you know me, I have a little bit of an anxious, chaotic energy, <laughs> which I really discovered about myself yesterday when I was uh, doing my Libra bonus episode. 
Oh gosh, I had so many good things to say about Libras. Who would have ever thunk it? <laughs> I'm in love with them now. Any Libras out there? You know, sometimes I would joke about like my not being the biggest fan of dating Libra men. But can I tell you, I talked myself into being in love with all of you. I'm so extra happy that we are in Libra season. Oh my gosh, that's right. Today is the official kickoff of Libra season two. Okay, we'll come back to that in a second. But yeah, we have 20 people in the queue right now. And being that I am an anxious person by nature, I have notification anxiety, which is I have to open something. If I have one on my email, one on my messenger, I have to open it. It I cannot stand seeing that little red notification. Yeah, that's what it's called. Duh, obviously. <laughs> so same thing for the group. When I see like it's notifying me that people are in, I want to let you in right then. But if there's no answer, I just can't at this point. So please just answer. And I promise I will let you in so quickly. In fact, when I see people join, I know it like takes a second to go and answer the question. So I will check back in like 10, 15, 30 minutes to see if you answered it. Because I'm ready for y'all to be in there. So yeah, The Craft. Which, also speaking of The Craft, I know there's a remake. <laughs> I know it has been casted. I... Don't love it right now, but I am reserving the right to say when it comes out, when we get the first trailer, if it just looks so bomb and badass that we have no choice but to stand, I will fully stand it. I will absolutely be the first, per I mean, I don't go to movie theaters, but I will be the first person to buy someone else a ticket to go see it. But I, I don't know, maybe I'll like get a coven of teenage girls together and go take them so they can be exposed like I was. Like, I do appreciate that quality of it, that people... It meant so much to me, and especially being a woman of color, it meant so much to me. And I know that the lead actress is Latinx and trans, and so that will be real. That will really mean something to people belonging to those communities. And so I, I so appreciate it for that. But I'm also a purist, and I'm like, you can't mess with perfection. And I'm a little scared to see what they're going to do with the story and characters because there are so many witch stories to tell. You know, we didn't have to pick up the craft and retell that story. We could just tell a new story. We could, hey, maybe we could all get together and just write one of our own and produce it. I don't know. But there are a million stories to tell about witches. And I, it's not the actresses that are being cast. It's not the idea of remaking it. No, no, no. It's not the actresses being casted in it. It is the idea of remaking it. I am just kind of a person who is against the idea of remakes anyway. I think there's always room for creativity and for new ideas. And it's a little lazy to pick up something and to remake it, especially like a cult classic where you know it means so much to so many people. And it's not like movies go anywhere unless it's like a Louise Brooks film that, you know, was lost in a fire because silent films were made on really flammable material. That's not funny. I'm not laughing at that. It's just, you know, ridiculous that all of those were not preserved. But anyway, um, it's not like you can't watch the craft. I mean, I was a, I was young, very young when the craft came out. And then I saw it when I was a preteen teenager. So it's not like kids in this generation can do the same. So I, I don't know. I'm going back and forth on it. I'm not thrilled about it right now. But again, I, I'm fake. So when I see the trailer, I can be like, yes, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Bad wish meetups all over the country. Let's all go see it and talk about it. You never know. But back to Libra season and the autumnal equinox, which could they be more perfect together because it is all about striking balance, baby. It is all about this harmonious time. You know, we have the equinox of the year. So we have equal daylight to equal nighttime. And now we're going to start 
treading into those long nights, which right now I'm very excited about. I'm having these visions of cozying up by the fire and doing so much candle work and so much fire work and so much fire scrying, which we, I know I keep mentioning it. We will talk about it very, very soon. Um, you know, my hot chocolate and my apple cider and my knee high boots that hurt my feet really bad. I just keep wearing them. But I also know that when we start getting really into the depths of it and we like pass out when we're going towards Yule, um, my depression is going to be so bad <laughs> because when it starts getting really dark at four o'clock, I don't know where I am. Spatially, nothing makes sense to me. And I am like in the depths of an episode. But I think, I think there has been so much magic created by this coven and so much beauty between all of us and so much support and care that this is the first time, honestly, I'm not worried about getting into that time period that that you know the coldness we were just progressing towards you and it's like that November December coldness and that darkness I'm not fearing that now because I know that I will be so supported by all of you and you will all be supported by me like we'll all support each other and there will be so much magic being made in that time and it'll be really my first one not approaching as just a solitary witch trying to find the light in the darkness like you all are my light so I'm so excited not just about today being the equinox and then going into Samhain which obviously we're all so pumped about but I'm excited about the progress towards Yule as well I'm excited to get towards you know the end of the calendar year and all the magic that's going to be made in that time and all everything that we're going to be able to work on and manifest in that period you know even though it is quote unquote like the dead time. I know that sounds so dramatic, but it's the time where the earth is cold and it's hard and you can't put down, you know, new seedlings to spring up. And, and that's something that you're going to start doing as we're like approaching spring. But I think that the winter is such a great time to work on everything that you want to manifest, especially because we're coming into like the Western new year and we're approaching 2020, which is going to be cuckoo bananas in the best way. Like the energy that we are revving up to for 2020 I, I just, I feel like it's going to be magnificent. And I feel like so many things that we have especially planted in 2019, but beyond that are going to absolutely come to fruition. And we are going to see so much positivity and so much change. And so I do want to spend that, that quote unquote kind of dead time that, that Sal and Yule stretch to prepare for that, even though it isn't the time that we typically associate with, you know, when we're planting what we want to do. But I think that is an optimal time to plant the seeds for what we want our new year to look like, even though our witch's new year is Samhain. And this is really the beginning of celebrating abundance. You know, we, this is our second harvest. And this is when you're picking up physically the, or agriculturally rather the gourds and the apples and the nuts and the pomegranates and all of those amazing things that you're going to be bringing into the home and you're, you know, now reaping what you have sowed for the full year. So, you know, in a very physical sense, we're getting ready to kind of be indoors and we're getting ready for celebrations, which is so exciting. And it's the same thing. I think in this whole year, especially like particularly with Bad Witch, but also just, you know, all over with all of us and just the concept and the idea of witchcraft is that we spend so much of the year manifesting, manifesting, manifesting and doing spells and doing rituals and meeting with our coven and dancing in the moonlight and lighting candles and scrying and, you know, working with Ouija boards if that's something that you're into and working with our gods and our goddesses and, and just worship and all of that stuff and meditating. Yes. Meditating and, and smudging and egg cleansing, all of that. And 
now we're getting to the time where it is, it has become fully fruitful and we are picking it up. You know, we've had our first harvest period and now we're in this next one. And this is the one that is going to really carry us through our winter, which to me feels like the most nourishing and the most complete and a cycle that has really, a cycle that is really coming to a natural end. And so, you know, like we said, agriculturally, that is what our ancestors would have been doing. But for us also, we have been planting all this stuff, you know, because the podcast started in, I say podcast so strangely, the podcast started in January and from January to now, just think of all the things that you've accomplished if you've been here since the beginning. And if you haven't still think of all the things that you've accomplished because you didn't need this space to be a witch, you know, it's something that you may have just found your way to. And so I think we all should celebrate and we all should be so proud of ourselves. Even if you've been at it a month, if you've been at it, what is the if you've been at it almost 10 months now, or if you've been at it, you know, 10 years, I just, I think we all deserve to let a little bit of air out of the tires, let ourselves really indulge in the abundance that's coming our way. Let ourselves realize that our manifestations and our dreams and our goals are being realized in this period and realize that, you know, like we always say, we deserve that good. It's not a trick. You know, sometimes when things are going really well, I think I've talked about this before, I am like, okay, this is a trick. Like, why is everything going so well? Um, when's the other shoe going to fall? When is the bottom going to fall out of this? But I think the way that we need to think about things like that, and if you're not an anxious person, you may not experience that kind of thought, but I know a lot of us do carry anxiety. It's that I try to think of it as, instead of thinking, when is this great period going to end? It's I think of it as, or I attempt to think of it as, I went through a rougher period. And so now I get to reap all the benefits of like the tribulations and trials I went through in that period. And so now when the good stuff happens, I'm like, yeah, I deserve this. I deserve good. You know, we, I think that's a concept and affirmation we should really be embracing right now because it is ripe. (laughs) You know, it's harvest time. It is ripe for it. We are all about abundance. We are all about that Libra season coming with the equinox and the balance that is striking. And with balance comes harmony and with harmony comes peace and with peace, with peace comes rest. And we are definitely deserving of all of that. So I, I just am in love with this time of the year. It's not just the pretty colors. It's not just the warm drinks. It's not just the sweater dresses and the thigh high boots. Although that plays a big part in it. (laughs) It's not just the cool weather. It is that we are having our manifestations realized in this period and we are becoming our most powerful selves. It is the season of the witch. It is such a amazing time and we are coming into like our fire our full fire and our full selves where it's just great and we're gonna do so many great things and then we're gonna get our manifestation boxes kicking off on October 1st so here is your warning y'all we don't have another episode in September so you absolutely got to get it together because next time I talk to y'all it will be October I'm pretty sure (laughs) I checked my calendar very briefly and I'm pretty sure this last episode is September so those manifestation boxes Whatever you want to do to them, decorate it, don't decorate it. There are a few people in the Facebook group who have like gone all out and hand painted theirs and they look amazing and they're kind of putting mine to shame. (laughs) But one, I am not artistically inclined in that way. And also, um, you know, the one that I showed y'all is the one that has a lot of significance to me because it was one of my earliest connections to the astrology witchy thing that I've had since my childhood. So that's why I'm using it. Um, Not that I could decorate a box if I wanted to in the way that I've seen some of y'all have done it. But yeah, you don't have to decorate it. It doesn't have to be anything expensive. It doesn't have to be anything fancy schmancy as long as you just have a connection with it. And 
we are going to build a connection with it. We're going to have a ritual to go with it. And we are going to put what we want to manifest into it and, you know, work with it over the course of October. And that is our Samhain challenge. So if you're new here, manifestation box, I go over it in the, oh my gosh, why did I just set myself up to tell you what episode it is when I do not know. Okay, I looked it up so I wasn't just pulling something out of thin air. It is in the Let's Be Crystal Clear episode. Um, I go over what a manifestation box is. I go over how to make one of your own. It is exceedingly simple, so do not stress out about it. And, you know, you don't have to do the Samhain challenge if you don't want to. It is just something that I thought would be really fun as a countdown to our, well, I don't want to say our favorite holiday or festival, but I mean, it's our favorite holiday and festival for the most part. Okay. <laughs> so again, happy autumnal equinox. I hope it has been fruitful and I hope it has been a wonderful time of gathering for you. I hope it's a time that you got to get with your friends and get with your fellow witches, get with your coven, or just get with your loved ones and have those warm, fuzzy feelings and eat something delicious and eat some apples and be warm and cozy and, you know, drink a coffee for me because, you know, I can't have it. <laughs> I just hope it was a beautiful time and I'm really looking forward to all the things that we will see crop up that we have manifested. So my loves, let's do our Patreon shout outs and then we are going to get back into our goddesses. Oh my gosh, speaking of goddesses, Persephone, y'all. We can't talk about the autumnal equinox without talking about Persephone. I know we talked about her in um, 100% That Witch episode. She is one of our maiden goddesses. Maiden? Maiden Mother Crone. Whoa, okay, I don't know why my brain just stopped working for a second. She is one of our maiden goddesses, and she, of course, has now, this is the day that she goes back down to Hades, and she has to be, you know, all up in that underworld, and that is why Demeter has taken the fruitful time away from us. And when she is able to come up and return, that is when we are going to have Ostara and we will have the spring equinox and everything will be fruitful and fresh. And I was about to say virginal, but no, <laughs> I want to use that word, you know, in, in not the social constructy kind of way, but in the idea of freshness and of, uh, of kind of maidenhood kind of way. So yeah, our girl Persephone has gone back down on this very day and we will miss her. And we hope that she's doing okay down there. And we cannot wait for her return. But in the meantime, we will be thankful for what Demeter has given us. And that we got to have such a fruitful period while she was with us. All right. So we are going to go back into our goddesses today. I'm going to introduce at least five more to you. I want to squeeze in a few more if I can. We'll see how long it takes. Um, so yeah, let's do our Patreon shout outs. And then we will see who wants to say hello this week. As always, well, especially today, an extra special pumpkin spice laced thank you. <laughs> and if you're one of those people that absolutely hates pumpkin spice, then cinnamon laced. And if you hate cinnamon too, then just sugar spice everything nice. <laughs> Whatever you prefer. Thank you to our Patreon baddies who are Crystal, Shannon, Maya, Aurora, Celine, Kristen, Adam, Bryn, Kara, Becca, Alicia, Nolling, Heidi, Mackenzie, Stephanie, Lena, Vanessa, Ashley, Sasha, Brandy, Tiny, Brett, Elizabeth, Courtney, Adele, Aaron, Carla, Amanda, Lauren, and Maria who signed up today. Thank you so much, Maria, for joining. I'm so glad that it came through before, like when I took a break in recording so I could get you in. So thank you so much for joining and thank you so much to all of you. Um, again, huge thank you for everyone who has bought t-shirts. They're still flying. That's the coolest thing ever. Um, I will never be probably more proud of anything aside from this podcast than when I learned Illustrator because I I have no skill for that at all. So I'm glad it was not in vain. 
Um, yeah, y'all are the best. And like I said before, you are my light in the darkness. And I'm so lucky that I get to go through this, this, you know, eight Sabbaths with you and the wheel of the year and this festival. And every day, I'm glad that we get to talk to each other pretty much every, well, not even pretty much every day. We talk to each other every single day if you're in the Facebook group. And if you aren't, just the emails and the tweets and the Instagrams. Thank you so much to everyone who was like, hey, it's me. So I could follow you back and we can just talk to each other all over the place. I, I just love that. The sense of community is so amazing. And I hope it has been so beneficial for all of you. And if there's any way that I can like improve it, or if there's anything that you feel like would make it, I don't know, even more inclusive or even, even just a happier, better place for everyone. Let me know. I'm totally open to suggestions. So yeah, you guys are the best. All of you are the best, not just the Patreon baddies, but the Patreon baddies too. And y'all and everyone. And I love you all. Okay. So let's talk to our goddesses and let's see who wants to come up first. I really don't have any idea. Last week I kind of had a feel. Ooh, wait, no, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know exactly who's going to come up. My guess. No, no, no. Should I guess? Okay. No, I'll pull it. And if I was right, I'll tell you, but then you'll be like, well, you can just say that. Um, which I could. I don't know. Just trust me. <laughs> okay, let's see. Okay, well, I was wrong. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Kali, but it is Pele, who has made an appearance on this podcast before. I do not remember when. I'm not even going to pretend to know what episode it was, but she has come through, and she is coming through strong. I was feeling her fierceness, which I was interpreting with Kali because of what today is. But it is Pele and oh, what a card to start with. Yeah, I was, I was, I was feeling, I'm feeling, I was feeling that. I am feeling that. So let's talk about her. So like last week, we're going to start with the book and then we're going to deep dive her because Pele is one of the ones that when I got the deck, it was just like immediate connection. I just wanted to know everything about her. I wanted to be connected with her. I wanted to honor her. I wanted to and still should probably move to Hawaii to be closer to her. She is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, not to say that they are not all absolutely phenomenal, but she's one of those ones that I just had a special connection with. So Pele's um, heading on her card is divine passion. Okay. Let's just, let's just take a moment because she's about to drop some knowledge on us. If I can remember how the alphabet works and I can get to her card. <laughs> L-M-N-O. There she is. Okay, I got it. <laughs> so here is her bio from the book. Pele, the Hawaiian goddess of volcanoes, Pele's dynamic strength is sometimes misunderstood. She shows us that fire can purify, release us from the old to make way for the new, and ignite our passions. I think that's why I was feeling a bit of Kali as well, because there is that sense of this beautiful destruction that comes with Pele. And so I do, I do feel like they're kind of kin... Um, sister goddesses in a way and I feel like their cards kind of really relate to each other and I think that's why I was thinking Kali 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 and then Pele was like surprise girl bet you thought you saw the last of me <laughs> she shows us that fire can purify releases from old to make I already read that let's read it again she shows us that fire can purify releases from the old to make way for the new and ignite our passions without fire nothing would change Call upon Pele to help you get in touch with your true passion and to change up your motivations and and to charge up your motivations and excitement. Pele will help you feel everything on a deeper level. So be unafraid of taking action to manifest your heart's desires. 
I just got, I just got chills. I, okay. So, um, let me go ahead and tell you the various meanings of her card while we have it out. And then we'll talk about her. Make sure your career matches your true interests. I love when I get her, when people come to me about specifically job inquiries or I'm making it sound like they're interviewing with me <laughs> for a job. No, when they come to me with questions about their job, I love when she shows up immediately because she does she lights a fire under your ass but at the same time it's really affirming to know that when you feel like it's time to move on it's not because you're being bratty or you're being spoiled or you're being lazy or you just have a bad attitude it's you truly really do in your spirit know when something has come to an end and when it has run its course and when it is time to move on to something else but there are outside circumstances that make you think at times that you really need to stay on this path and you can't deviate from it, you know, and we can talk ourselves out of the end of our journey and think it's something that's supposed to continue on when it actually the, that feeling that we have that it has come to an end is the natural end. So take a class or start a hobby that really excites you. Change jobs. Go on a wonderful trip. I mean, I'm just saying, I think that means we should all go to Hawaii together. Let me know what you think. We'll see if we can work it out. I don't know. I just listen. Bad Witch Retreat 2020 is all I'm saying. Invest time and money into manifesting your dreams. Give yourself permission to go for it. I oh God, I just love her so much because she really tells you to get out of your own way. And that fire, you know, that the, that powerful like volcanic lava and just this maker of islands and new lands and also this destroyer of places and destroyer of you know anything that kind of stands in its path that's so powerful and for us it's like sometimes we do have to destroy all those things that are in our past and we have to let that fire come in and we have to let that lava come in and just smoke the ground so you can create something new I oh, give yourself permission to go for it light that fire follow that fire start a new business make an honest assessment of how you spend your time and list your priorities. So something else that this card is really about is like, when are you going to stop making your priorities? I'm seeing so sorry, you know, like the I'm getting like, visions while I talk when they're they're out, they show me things and they tell me keywords. And she's showing me just a volcano that is spitting lava and ash into the air. And it feels so powerful. And I'm just seeing magma magma, like red, orange, red, orange, which is perfect. Like our fall colors. Oh, of course, she showed up. I love her so much. But yeah, something that she wants us to be aware of is like, how much time are you putting into manifesting someone else's dream versus how much time you're putting into manifesting your own? And at what point are you going to acknowledge your divine passion? And when are you going to stop, you know, stop letting that fire within you die down and die down? When are you going to start stoking it and letting it come up and be brilliant and bright? So she really is about putting yourself first and putting your dreams first and manifestation and all those things that we're talking about. So gosh, of course she showed up right now. So that is her um, introduction from the book. And then let's just talk about her a little bit more. Cause as I said, she like much like Freya, I am a little obsessed with her. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I think I consider Pele a mother goddess because hmm, she is absolutely like a creator and a destroyer in one. And she you know, created the Hawaiian islands. That's the mythology around her. And so to me, she is a, she is a fire goddess. She is a volcano goddess. Um, but also to me, she is very much a mother goddess.
goddess because I mean, she is one of the ones that when she shows up in the deck, I feel like a very maternal energy from her. You know, though she be fierce, though she be fearsome in her own ways, though she be, you know, someone with a, a goddess with a bit of a temper at times and we don't begrudge her for that. I do feel a very strong maternal energy from her. I feel like she is a, that mom or that auntie is like, girl, when are you going to get it together? When are you going to break up with that boyfriend? When are you going to leave that dead end job? You know, when are you going to start that business you keep talking about? Even within her power, I know it's kind of what we talked about last week, where we so associate like these, or maybe in the moon episode, actually, we so associate like the power of the mother figures being from being, being from their fertility and being from raising and taking care of children and being a protector of the household and, you know, being kind of this perfect domestic character. But to me, she represents that fierceness of motherhood. She represents that protectiveness, that that creation, and that ability to destroy. So yeah, I see her as a mother figure. Although when you you know, if you look into her as your own, or if you come across Pele, I'm sure you all are all familiar with Pele. She's a very famous goddess. Um, you know that she is most primarily known as a volcano goddess or a fire goddess. Well, not or, but both. So let's talk about her name. I am going to try my best with these Hawaiian pronunciations. Please bear with me. So she is um, known as Pele or Pele Hanu Amea, which means she who shapes the sacred lands. I bet I've never been. I would love to go. I bet it is like in this incredibly sacred place. I feel like the energy there just has to be different. And I so respect how much the Hawaiian people still revere Pele and revere their gods and goddesses. To the point where y'all all know about taking rocks from Hawaii, right? You can't do that. It is like a well-known traveler fact. And if, if you haven't heard it before, let me be the one to tell you. I know it's so tempting to want to take rocks, especially like, you know, the lava rocks from Hawaii. They belong to Pele. They are part of her creation. If you take them away or if you take like the black sand, you will be cursed. Like, <laughs> I don't want to say that Pele will curse you, but... You will be hit with some bad luck and some misfortunes. And I'm not kidding. There are many, 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 many rocks and black sand and just, you know, sand from the beaches of Hawaii that are sent back to Hawaii by tourists every year because the kind of, I don't want to say the curse of Pele, but like the bad luck that comes with taking, stealing from her uh, is a real thing. So don't ever doubt Pele, honey, and don't ever disrespect her. That is the lesson there. So yeah, she who shapes the sacred land. So she is the creator of the Hawaiian islands, but also, you know, when the volcanoes go and she sends out that lava and that ash, she reshapes the land. She can destroy parts of the land. I mean, the landscape of Hawaii is something that has changed many, many times and will go on to change many, many, many times. So her home on the island of Hawaii, I might Am I saying that right? <laughs> you know, that's that thing where, like, sometimes when I say Spanish stuff, I know how to say it because I do speak a little bit of Spanish. But I'm like, do I sound like an asshole right now? So I don't want to just say Hawaii, but I don't want to say, like, Hawaii. I don't – you know what I mean. Um, so her home is in the Halu Hale Maua Maua Crater, which is on the big island. And so let's – I'm actually going to read you a little bit of her mythology so I can get all the names right. <laughs> so the Tahitian exile – of Pele. Ancient legends of Pele are wrought with fierce feuds and jealous outbursts. Listen, our 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 volcano goddess has a little bit of a temper. I'm going to just be totally honest. You can't have all that fire inside and not feel it a little bit. You know what I mean? 
One story tells of how Pele, one of six daughters and seven sons born of Tawamiya, the earth goddess, and Kane Milohai, creator of the sky, earth, and heaven. So we're kind of seeing the same thing that we had with um with Gaia. So that's why I too relate her to like a mother, a mother figure. Uh, after being exiled from Tahiti by her father because of her temper, she fought with her elder sister, Nama Kaiokaia. That was not the right pronunciation, but bear with me. The water goddess whose husband Pele had seduced. Side note, most of her lovers Pele took, most of the lovers Pele took were not lucky enough to escape with their lives. I mean, it bees like that sometimes. <laughs> Pele's oldest brother, Kamohayalii. Those, those sibling names are hard. The king of the sharks gave her a canoe that she and several of her siblings paddled across the sea all while battling with Namakoa Kahai, which is, again, her sister, the water goddess, and then coming to Hawaii. The fire goddess landed first on Kauai. Kauai? Kauai, yeah. But every time she thrust her uu digging stick into the earth to dig a pit for her home, Namakoa Kahai, I'm getting better every time. Uh, would flood the pit. So this is, she is the fire. She is the water. They are obviously at odds with each other. And every time she would create this crater for herself, her sister was like, uh, 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 the sibling feuds going international. I know you're in a new place now. I'm filling it up. Pele moved down the chain of islands in order of their geological formation, eventually landing on the big island where she resides today. So that's that crater that I mentioned just a bit ago. The ancient Hawaiian personified all natural forces as gods and goddesses, and thus Pele continues to make her majesty known from the mountain to the sea. The stark landscape, a reminder of her power to create and destroy. So I, oh, I just got chills reading that. And she's still, she's still showing me. She's like, she's a little tickled. Um, I, I feel like people focus too much on like the destructive fiery nature of her. And not that she really is, kind of this beautiful figure that wants to help you. There's like a little bit of laughter I'm hearing right now. And I think she's getting a kick out of me telling her story and me being like, listen, she's fierce and we love her and we revere her, but don't mess with her. I'm hearing like a little bit of laughter. So she is an amazing goddess to work with. If you are feel like you're missing a little bit of fire in your life, it's okay to ask her to come in and say, you know, Pele, can you light that spark for me? Can you, can you show me what I I can transform how I can tr transform in the way that you transform the lands. Can you give me some of that fire energy to work with? And can you, you know, show me the way and help show me what I maybe need to destroy and create for myself. So absolutely love Pele. Could not say many more wonderful things about her. And she, you know, I love a fierce female. I just, I do. I love a fierce female so much. I love that energy. That is the side of the mother that I hope that I do personify and I hope to further personify in my journey in this stage of my witchcraft. And yeah, that's her girl. We love her so much. And you know, bad witch, I'm telling you, bad witch retweet, retweet. <laughs> now she's really laughing at me because I can barely speak. Bad witch, okay, wow. Bad witch retreat 2020. As soon as I learn how to say it, we can actually do it. All right, so let's see who's coming up next. Okay, we have Coventina. If there is no other goddess in this deck who drags me, <laughs> Coventina is the one. And I say that in the most loving, appreciative way. She, whew, she, she gets me together. She gets me together in a way, in, in the way that I am the weakest at getting myself together. 
So that's why I really, really appreciate it. I don't feel shaded. I don't feel dragged uh, when she shows up, but I am getting dragged. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> and the heading under her card is purification. So let's read about her. She's a powerful Celtic goddess of the waters, including the oceans, lakes, streams, ponds, and rivers. I think that's why she does tend to show herself so much to me because I have so much water going on that she's like, I mean, while we're here, <laughs> while we're already steeped in water, let's talk about it. Coventina protects bodies of water and their inhabitants, and she's happy to give you a divine assignment related to environmentalism if you ask her. Wishing wells were made in her honor. I love that. And today we continue to practice the practice of throwing coins into water while making a wish. It's Coventina who grants these wishes. If you were ever wondering who was down there when you throw that coin in and who was making your wishes come true, now we know. It's our Celtic goddess. Uh, since our bodies are primarily made up of water, she's very involved with helping us purify our physical selves. This is why I say she drags me a lot. She reminds us that purification also means keeping our thoughts and speech filled with positive words, which empower and strengthen our bodies and lives. Um, let me say this about Coventina while it's right at the top of my head. Whenever I am going through a physical change where my body is literally purifying itself, and that is like kind of the most classy way I can say that, where my body is kind of purging itself out, she is the card that comes to me. Without fail, every time it's, not that I am ill. It's not that, you know, I accidentally drink coffee or something. Coventina is letting me to know you are going through a purification process because you have not been honoring your body. You have not been honoring your spirituality. And, you know, sometimes in the leveling up of the witch process where we talk about where you might just get totally drained, you might get a cold, you might come down with a flu. It, it affects our physical body a lot, especially when you're really getting into emotions of it. If you're leveling up or if you're getting back into it. Or even now, like when I do spell magic, I have to lay down. <laughs> just, I just have to. You might get headaches. It it does affect our spiritual, our physical body because our spiritual existence is like so much more powerful than kind of what our physical body can handle at times. And so when I see her coming up, I'm like, okay, this is normal. Like I don't need to go to the doctor. I don't need to freak out about anything. I am just. I'm purifying. I'm purifying and I'm purging because I need to be a pure, pure vessel as pure as possible to have the purest magic possible, which we have talked about. You know, I think we talked about that in the moon episode as well. Um, so let's talk about the meanings of her card. Follow your intuition's guidance about making lifestyle changes. That too. She shows up to me a lot when for some reason I just make a change. Like over the summer, I decided to stop eating red meat just on a whim. And then Covatina showed up and she was like, girl, that wasn't a whim. Like I was making sure you did that, <laughs> you know, or if I, when I stopped drinking alcohol, she showed up. Um, so I don't know if it's like I'm making these decisions and she's affirming them or like she is leading me to these places that I need to make these physical changes for myself to be better. And then she's showing me herself to be like, yeah, hello. <laughs> you know? I think it might be, I think it might be the second one. Stop abusing alcohol or drugs. Avoid processed foods such as sugar white flour, and so on. Eat more organic food. Keep your thoughts and speech positive because it is hand in hand. It's not just our physical bodies that need to be purified and our physical bodies that need to be at like optimal health if we can get it there. But also our speech and our mind is, it. it's so easy to have, I don't want to drag anyone. Okay. It's so easy to have a beautiful body, but if you don't have a beautiful, pure mind and you don't speak beautiful, clear, pure words, and you're trashing yourself or trashing other people, then like, what's the point? It has to all function together. 
Um, adopt a vegetarian or a vegan diet. I mean, you don't have to go that far. Um, but when she does show up, that is when I kind of go through my periods of vegetarianism or pes pescatarianism. Go on a fast or a detox diet. Uh, as with everything and that kind of goes into a medical realm of this podcast, don't do anything without consulting your doctor, please. And when I, the way I read her saying a fast and a detox diet is more like an intermittent fasting. Uh, I mean, sometimes I will fast for 24 hours just cause I feel like it's something I'm called to do, but don't, don't go on a week long fast. Eat, please eat. Uh, food's really important, but, and the same thing with a detox diet, like don't go juice for 72 hours or for a week long. That's not healthy for you necessarily. Um, but you can definitely eat foods that just make you feel good. You know, I love, I just made a cheesecake the other day because, um, I'm saying it's because of the autumnal equinox and my, like my need to make a pie to like celebrate the harvest. But actually I was just getting my period and I was like obsessively thinking about it. But when I eat cheesecake, then I'm like, Oh, you know, that was like really sweet. I had like a lot of heavy cream in it. Now I feel a little sluggish. And if I eat, say, like a banana, apple, and some grapes, I feel great. So it's just making decisions like that as opposed to being like, I got to go get my juice fast. I have to not eat. No, absolutely not. Please nourish your bodies. Nourishing your body is very important. Um, oh, and also this card can also be validation that your current healthful path is working. So she is really not coming from a place of judgment. She is coming from a place of encouragement. And not to say your body needs to be thin. It doesn't need to be skinny. It doesn't need to look a certain way that society tells us it needs to look. It just means what makes you feel good? What makes you feel like you are in your best place physically? What makes you feel like you're in your best place spiritually? And when all of that comes together, are you producing your best magic? That's where you should be. I know when I feel sluggish and I know I probably shouldn't make an entire cheesecake, but I have my period. So here we are. <laughs> but then you get back on track from that. So yeah, I, the thing that is, is very present in her card. Like, you know, people very fairly can be very sensitive about getting a card like this, because if you don't look perfect, people ostracize you. If you don't look quote unquote perfect, people can be very cruel. And that's something that can start in childhood and follow you entire life that you were just treated differently because you, you know, don't look like an Instagram model or you don't look like, I don't know, Naomi Campbell or somebody, I mean, no shade to Naomi Campbell. I adore her, even though she too was a very fierce female who he shouldn't piss off. But, um, so when I do get this card, I try to make it clear that it's not about losing weight. It's not about being thin. It's not, and not that there's anything wrong with wanting to lose weight or being thin, whatever body is that works for you works for you. But it's just about what makes you feel pure. What makes you feel not all clogged up and, you know, sluggish. Which for me is eating a bunch of cheesecake. But you know what? We all have our weeks. <laughs> all right. So, oh, wait. I wanted to mention that there is actually a Coventina's Well in Carabro. That's probably not how you say it. Um, on Hadrian's Wall in Northumberland. Because she, some schools of thought, Celtic goddess. Some uh, schools of thought, Romano, Romano uh, British goddess. So like Roman British times. And so, yeah, there's an actual Coventine as well, and there are inscriptions there, and she is kind of really revered and associated with Northumberland. So if you happen to be in the area, please go and check her out. Um, a lot of the inscriptions you will see will depict her as a water nymph, 
And, you know, again, she is the goddess of water and springs and oceans and everything. And so the well is there. She is the one in the well granting the wishes. So I thought that was really cool that there's actually a physical site where I think that's kind of a theme right now. You can actually go to Pele's home in uh, Hawaii or get as close to it as possible. I'm not sure what the crater situation is like. Um, and you can also visit Coventina as well, which I think is so cool. Okay, so I just wanted to, wow, I just dropped my phone on the computer. I just wanted to mention that while we were talking about her, if you happen to be in the area. All right, let's see who wants to talk next. Oh, I am so delighted this one showed up because we talked about her in the moon episode as well. I mean, we talked about every goddess in the moon episode, didn't we? <laughs> let's be honest. But I know while we were talking about Grandmother Spider, I made reference to Butterfly Maiden, and she is the next goddess that wants to say hello to all of you. So, oh, I love her so much. Her uh, heading in her card is Transformation. So let's read about her in the book, and then I'm going to give you a little more background on her. I still got to look into Grandmother Spider, too. Again, if there's anyone out there who has, like, a cultural tie to either goddess. I would love to hear from you, but uh, I haven't really had time to look into Grandmother Spider, but I just, I feel like for some reason she is calling me and I need to take more time to deep dive her story. Okay, Butterfly Maiden. Butterfly Maiden is a Hopi Native American Kachina spirit who ensures the crops yield healthy and bountiful harvests. She's a springtime goddess who helps us escape from any cocoon situation that's trapping us or impeding our growth or joy. If you're feeling stuck, she's a wonderful goddess to call upon during the emerging process. She'll also guide you through life's transitions and help you spread your wings. We're getting a lot of, so you know, when she came up, I really associate her with Kali and I really associate her with Pele. So there is obviously a theme in the goddesses who are showing up right now that they are really willing to help you through transformation, that they are willing to, and, and so helpful with putting away the old that does not work for you anymore and helping you emerge into the new that they are so helpful with transformation and they're really two and three because Kali hasn't shown up I don't know if she's going to come out tonight um that I feel like really want the best for you and are they they really try to remove fear from a situation and say don't focus on the destruction don't focus on the endings don't focus on, you know, the death of the situation because it brings so much opportunity and so much newness, which speaking of, let's talk about the meanings of her card. Don't be concerned about endings as they're bringing in the new for you. Your prayers have been answered with this change. Let go of the old. Don't worry about these changes. They are truly for the best. Yes, girl, give us that message. I am so here for that. It's, really, really hard to let go of the past. It is so hard to let go of situations that have served us for so long and that we truly do hold on to them until they no longer, way past when they serve us. Like they no longer serve us, right? And then we're still holding onto it way past that. And I, that's why I love her card so much. It, it's so, I, the most beautiful imagery. I can't wait to show them all to you. Um, but yeah, that's what I love about her. That's what I love about Pele. That's what I love about Kali. Don't focus on the end, focus on the beginning. Don't focus on that you think you're losing something because there's so much to gain. And sometimes you truly have to remove what is in the way for something to take its place. You know, you can't have two things at once. You have to let the old go so the new can come in. Because if you have a placeholder, the thing that's meant to be there can never assume its correct place. And you're just in your cocoon and you're growing and changing and maturing. And then you're ready to spread your wings and embrace the newness. It's such a nod to like the cycles of life. 
and really the cycles of everything we go through. You know, we talk about the cyclical nature all the time and about embracing that change is for the best. Change is not something to be feared. It is something to be honored and it is something to be embraced. And so I love that about her card so much. So let's talk a little bit more about Butterfly Maiden. Um, I know we are more familiar with Osara because we've talked about her a little bit more in different episodes. And I kind of relate her to that goddess because she is very much about the springtime and she is very much about the earth's fertility. In fact, along with butterflies, her other um, symbols are seedlings <laughs> and rainwater and also... Oh, I want to say sunlight. That's not it. It's going to come to me. Spring flowers. So very much associated with wildflowers and spring flowers and the stuff, everything that you see that is blooming and coming to life and is fresh and new and also is a necessity to our life cycle in the springtime is very, very much associated with Butterfly Maiden. Also, <laughs> I think this is really cool. So although she is kind of seen throughout many Native, Tremer Native Tremericans, I was trying to say Native American <laughs> traditions and customs. She is very much associated with the Hopi people. And they close out their summer with this big social gathering where they do this dance called the butterfly dance. So I think that's really amazing that she's showing up on the first day of fall because that is how, you know, they close out their spring and summer period is with this dance, this butterfly dance. That is what we would call a rain dance. You know, I, I know a lot of people, unfortunately, don't learn that much about Native American history. And, you know, especially when you break it down by each group of people. But I think most people know rain dance. It's one of those things that we just kind of colloquially pick up. And I remember trying to do rain dances as kids. <laughs> like, no clue what I was doing. No idea what gods or goddesses or spirits that I should be, you know, trying to invoke or or ask permission, no clue what I was doing, but my grandparents would always go to the national powwow that they would hold in, hold in Oklahoma. I never got to go with them. I was too young, but in my mind, the connection was, well, I know that we are partly Native American, and so I must be able to make it rain. <laughs> now, if you have listened to the Elemental Water episode, I'm pretty sure it's salt. I'm pretty sure it's that one. I do talk about how there's two times where I invoked all the elements at once, and I I'm not saying I created two storms, but like, I'm not saying I didn't do that. <laughs> so I never did it again. So something about me and trying to make the rainfall has been something that I have always practiced as a kid. I think that might be a witch kid thing, honestly. Let me know if you try to change weather weather patterns or like very much identify with storm from X-Men like I do. Because <laughs> I definitely did it. But yeah, this butterfly dance is this beautiful social gathering. And it is about creating rain. So then the rain can come and create more crops and uh, specifically corn crops. So I think it's really amazing she's showing up now because this is the time that that celebratory social gathering and also spiritual practice of that gathering would be taking place. Isn't that lovely? She's so... Of all the cards in my deck, I feel the most lovely energy from her. There's, there is something so delicate and beautiful about butterflies, but they're also very strong and they also do go through this major transformative process. And it is kind of like a miracle, you know, how they go from caterpillar to butterfly. But from her, it really is just love and positivity. What she's showing me right now is like wavelengths of prism, like rainbow color. Actually, yeah, I was running the other day and I saw like my third rainbow in a month. And I was like, butterfly, what's, is that you, girl? What's going on? <laughs> I feel like she's been showing me a lot of signs. And so, again, I'm not really surprised she's come out tonight. But yeah, she's showing me like rainbow prism love vibes. She is shooting love vibes at me and like through me to all of you. 
God, she is, yeah, she is, like, saying love, love, love. Show them love. They, it's all about, like, love feelings and love vibes. She's so lovely. Um, she also deals with, or I guess, um, she kind of, in the way that Freya is, like, a goddess of, <laughs> stop talking about Freya so much. Freya is a goddess of many disciplines. Uh, Butterfly Maiden is as well. So it's rebirth, and also she's a goddess of beauty, again, of fertility, and that is, like, the Earth's fertility, also physical fertility of, you know, people who, who can bear children, and also, uh, like Ostara, the fertility of, like, our magic and ourselves and what we were able to bring uh, to life for ourselves. Uh, also, she is a goddess of um, balance. That's what I was trying to think of. Balance, which again is amazing that she comes up today because she, like Ostara, is really um, aligned with the vernal equinox, the spring equinox, but we are at the autumnal equinox and she is about balance and Libra and it's all coming together. <laughs> so I'm really, really excited she showed up and I think, I just think it makes perfect sense that she did. She is also considered to be the link between like humanity and the divine and I... When you I'll, when I show you the card, if you're in the Facebook group, you, Facebook group, you'll see. <laughs> sorry, I feel like I was trying to say Facebook grouper, like the fish. What's wrong with me? Uh, if you are in the Facebook group, you'll see the picture. She is this beautiful Native American woman, and she has these expansive, um, just multicolored butterfly wings, and she's surrounded by butterflies. And so she is depicted like that a lot. But also the idea of butterfly maiden is that she is a spirit. She's like, I mean. Mm. she's an energy and like they all are, but they are also like tangible to me. It's kind of hard to explain, but for the Hopi people, they, gosh, I hope I'm not like terribly speaking out of term as if I represent a group of people. If you happen to be Hopi and you listen to this podcast and I say anything that you're like, no, please, please feel free to correct me because I, I am Seminole and I am Homa and Choctaw. I am not Hopi. So, and I haven't even like deep dive that much into that part of my culture. So like, if I'm saying anything crazy, be like, girl, no, <laughs> and I will be happy to correct it next week. Um, but yeah, as an energy, she is seen to like live inside of the plants and live inside of the animals and live inside of the female ancestors. And so it connects like the natural world and humanity and the divine. So I kind of see her as like this lightning bolt of energy as well as this as the beautiful maiden that she is. And you know, goddesses can absolutely take a ton of forms. I was going to just reference Freya again, and then I told myself to take a chill pill. <laughs> I can't stop talking about her. Also, something really beautiful about Butterfly Maiden is that she is believed to be like the guiding goddess or one of the guiding, spirit, guiding spirits that makes or helps our dreams to come true. Like literally, she is said to like have, oh, I think I'm saying this right, be able to go into our nighttime world and like pollinate the dreams that we have and then bring them into the waking world and into reality. So she is able to like transfer them from one to the other. That's how I have come to understand it. And so she makes our dreams come true, which is really interesting because one of the meanings of her card is like these are your prayers being answered. So yeah, she's just this dreamy, lovely, rainbow filled, just love and light and inner, uh, not to be like love and light, but <laughs> not to be all. Not to sound like a like love and light poster from, I don't know, Michaels or whatever, but really she is about love and light and just brimming with that beautiful kind of rainbow energy. And we just love her so much. So I'm so thankful that she showed up in this episode. Okay, let's see who is next.
Okay, so three goddesses came out. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you get really revved up and going, they're all wanting to be heard. Um, and actually, Ostara was in the pack that fell out. I think she knows we were literally just talking about her. But this card was on top of those three. And then I reshuffled just for, you know, good luck. And she came out again. So we are now going to talk about, I believe, our first Hindu and definitely our first Buddhist goddess, which is Green Tara. Or Tara, I'm going to say Tara. I'm probably also going to say Tara. You know how I am. Okay, so Tara is, yeah, I just did it. <laughs> Tara is a Hindu and Buddhist goddess who name, whose name means star in the ancient Sanskrit language. Her many personalities and aspects are represented by different colors. So this is green. There's also a white Tara in the deck, and she has another, oh my gosh. Let me... You know what? Let me not guesstimate. <laughs> I don't need to do that. I know for sure green and I know for, for sure white. Green Tara is known for being a speedy helper who offers emergency aid and provides rapid understanding of situations and relationships. She rescues us by empowering us to save ourselves. So there is a little snippet that I want to read about her because her, she's so about compassion and like compassion for all of us and a compassion that is attempting to play like save humanity in a sense. And I think she has like a really beautiful kind of origin story. So I'm going to read that in just a second. But the meaning of her card is to start delegating. And I think this is a phenomenal message, especially for the women amongst us who tend to take on the entire world. And it is a very thankless role that we get put in or we put ourselves in because we feel like we absolutely have to be in that. So here are the meanings of her card. Don't try to be superwoman or superman. Give your children chores. <laughs> Now, I don't have any kids. I guess I could give my dog chores, but she would just bite me. <laughs> just move on with her day. Ask your partner for help. Accept assistance as it's offered to you. Release guilt or the belief that it is weak to ask for help. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Like, we can call on the goddesses for help. We can call on each other. And you know what? It's you don't you're not any stronger than any other person if you decide I'm just gonna do everything myself. I'm not gonna take help from anyone. That is actually kind of like a sign of weakness to me that you can't be open and vulnerable enough to accept help when it's being offered to you. And it's something that a lot of us have to get past. It's hard for me to accept help. I'm like, well, if I want it done right, I need to do it myself kind of person. But then I'm just stressed. <laughs> it doesn't help at all. So, you know, it's like is it worth it to sit there and try to be superwoman and try to do, or superman and try to do everything by yourself at the cost of your sanity and your time and your general happiness? I mean, I don't think so, but I haven't proven myself uh, to be able to really accept help from other people yet. So that's something I definitely need to work on. And uh, be a team player. So it's an awesome card to appear to us as a coven because we are definitely a team all together and we help and support each other and offer it and hopefully are able to accept it. So let me read you a little bit about her origin story. This is going to be fraught with me, you know, just doing my best. <laughs> all right. So she is a Buddhist goddess and a Bodhisattva. I, that's, Close. I hope that's close. You know what? Let me let the computer say it. Bodhisattva. Did y'all hear that? Bodhisattva. <laughs> All right. And that means a person who is able to reach nirvana, but delays doing so out of compassion in order to save suffering beings. So basically she has, she is able to reach enlightenment. She is able to ascend to this place of nirvana, but she has chosen to stay back and to like shepherd us and watch over us and hope to kind of save our sorry souls, which... <laughs> Don't we need it? Humanity is a hot ass mess, is it not? Okay, so 
her um, actual origin is that according to Buddhist tradition, now I said she is also present in Hinduism, but we're going from like the Buddhist perspective because I think she may, uh, I don't, I don't know how to say that. She, okay, so in Hinduism, she was like a manifestation of the goddess Parvati, but I don't know if she is as like venerated in Hinduism if, as she is in Buddhism. And she is really celebrated in like, Tibet and Nepal and Mongolia as a Buddhist goddess. So I'm just going with the Buddhism side. Long That's a long way of saying it. Let's go with the Buddhist story. Okay. So according to the Buddhist tradition, Tara was born out of the tears of compassion of the Bodhisattva Avalokiteshvara. It is said that he wept as he looked upon the world of suffering beings and his tears formed a lake in which a lotus sprung up. When the lotus opened, the goddess Tara was revealed. Isn't that beautiful? I like it makes me think of birth of Venus, you know, just like Aphrodite coming out of the clam. That's kind of well, sort of similar origin stories, although Aphrodite is definitely about love and beauty and sexuality, and Tara is about compassion and trying to save us, basically. <laughs> but it is like this beautiful story of this this uh natural thing opening up and the goddess is revealed inside. So I think that's really beautiful. Um, green Tara with her half loop and lo lotus represents the night and white Tara with her lotus in full bloom symbolizes the day. So again, we're talking about equal. We're talking about the equinox. I think that might be why she showed herself today. Green Tara embodies virtuous activity while white Tara displays sin sincerity, serenity, and grace. Together, the green and white Tara symbolize the unending compassion of the goddess who labors day and night to relieve suffering. Isn't that beautiful? So yeah, I just wanted to share a little bit about her outside of that because the compassion element and the kind of the grace and the kindness that she grants us by staying with us instead of ascending, you know, is really something I think we should call on because she wants to share that compassion with us and she wants to kind of end the suffering that we're going through. And she wants us to delegate and not drive ourselves crazy trying to take care of everything at all times. So yeah, I thought her origin story was worth going into just a little bit. She is a really beautiful goddess. She has, um, she, in this green form, she's definitely like the fiercer form of the Tara. And I think that's why, even though it's very much about the compassion, right? But white Tara, I think is more of the peace of it. And green Tara is more of the ferocity of it. It ferocity, fierceness, sorry, <laughs> mix up those words, more of the fierceness of her in that she is a card of action. Like you can get shit done when you call on green Tara. So yeah, she's really an amazing figure. And something that I truly adore about this deck is that it has introduced me to goddesses from Hinduism and from Buddhism and that it's not just the Greek goddess, you know, it's not just the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. <laughs> you know? So sometimes it is okay to go out there and chase those waterfalls and, and learn about something new and embrace something different. And so I love that I have learned about people like, uh, or goddesses rather, like green and white Tara and, you know, about Kali and Lakshmi because I so was just in, in cahoots with the Greek goddesses for a long time. And a little, uh, you know, some of the Celtic goddesses like Rhiannon, of course, and um, Freya, <laughs> my one true queen. <laughs> And the Egyptian goddesses, that's something that you get to learn about in school. The Greek goddesses are something you get to learn about in school. But this deck has got, given me knowledge way beyond that. And it's amazing who you really connect with and who is really, you know, a part of your witch journey once you start to learn about everyone that's actually out there. So, yeah, I'm really thankful for that. 
So let's see who's next. I think we're going to cap it at five this week because um, we're already at an hour. And then we'll do one more episode next week. We'll do a part three where we'll do five more. And then I think 15 is like a really good starting off point, especially because we are kind of running the gamut with the, the goddesses that are choosing the show up. So it hasn't just been like Aphrodite, Artemis, Athena, you know, like all the great girls are here because we, we tend to know a little bit more about them, at least in my experience from learning about them in school. So I'm loving the diversity of the goddesses that are like, oh, hey, girl, I got a little something to say. So let's shuffle one more time this episode and see who wants to say hello next. Okay, the Hindu girls are showing out tonight. Here we go. So finally this week, we have Saravati. Now, I always say Sarasvati. Uh, it's spelled as, her name is spelled S-A-R-A-S-V-A-T-I. But I think that S is actually not pronounced. It's just something that I made up in my head. <laughs> Which is the concept of this entire podcast, isn't it? So, Saravati. I'm going to try to not slip that S in there. Actually, you know, I have also seen her name spelled Saraswati with a W and not a V. I'm not quite sure what is the more um, famous, I guess, or common way of spelling it. So if you do know, could you let me know? Because I'm really not sure if it's Vati or Wati. And I want to make sure I'm saying the right thing. Now that I now that I've started, I think the W might be more of the common spelling of it. Okay, if you do know, let me know. Anyway, so the Hindu goddess of the arts, Saravati, helps us with all creative expression such as music, writing, dancing, and eloquent speaking. The wife of Brahma, Saravati, I keep doing it, uh, prizes knowledge and creative express and expression above material possessions. Her symbols include a white swan, the vena musical instrument that she's holding, you'll see it when I post the card, um, and a book of knowledge. So she very much is the goddess of wisdom, and we're going to come back to that in just a minute. She helps us focus our minds on our creative projects and not get distracted or procrastinate. <laughs> So hi, I think I'm flashing her card to the, the camera. I know you can't see her, but I think we really got to pay attention to this one because have we all not just been procrastinating terribly on our um, meditation and our manifestation boxes and all the homework that we're supposed to, <laughs> supposed to have been doing, right? So let's definitely call on her. Let's commit to Saravati. Let's know that she's here for us to keep us on our creative path and on the right track and to stop us from procrastinating and saying, oh, I'll start on Monday. I am such a Monday person. Like, ugh, God, it's so bad. To me, it's always like, oh, well, tomorrow's a Monday so I can start over. So if I was supposed to send 20 emails today, which I was supposed to send probably like 50 actually because I'm, I'm in the pitching period. Um... I was like, oh, you know what? I'll just start tomorrow. It'll be a fresh start tomorrow. Every I treat every day like the next day is Monday, and I'm treating the day that I'm currently in like a Sunday. And I, oh, it's okay. It's the weekend. I'll get to it tomorrow. <laughs> but if you do that every day, then it never gets done. You can't just have a whole month of Sundays like I do. So let's read the meanings of her card. Play music, sing, dance, draw, paint, write, or do something creative. Study or change to a career that gives you creative freedom. Take a creative class. Invest in an artistic hobby. Keep a journal of your creative ideas. Or also keep a dream journal. <laughs> that's that's just me interjecting myself. Join a writing club or other creative support systems. Okay, you know what? Saravati is like, <laughs> she's telling me right now, say the, say the thing. Say the thing, Mickey. So I have been 
kind of having this feeling, feeling, um, I've been having this guidance from the goddesses because that is what they were wanting to do lately that it is time for me to pay forward, um, the podcast thing. So what they've, they've been guiding me and telling me is that I should offer my help to anyone that wants to start their own podcast and be a resource for people out there that are interested in it. So while we're talking about creative projects, um, if podcasting is something that you feel interested in, I just want to let y'all know that I am open for questions. And so you can always email me about them at the bad podcast at gmail.com, or you can uh, message me on Facebook or uh, Instagram or Twitter. I am child Mickey. And yeah, I just want to put that out there. Uh, if anyone has felt kind of compelled or called to do this, if they feel like they have a really good idea, but you just don't know where to start, or if you felt kind of intimidated about asking for advice or just didn't know where to ask for advice and didn't want to just Google how to start a podcast, because sometimes Googling things can give you more uh, more confusing answers than where you even started with, then I am very happy to be your resource. So don't be shy about reaching out. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I've been feeling very, very pushed to to share my my knowledge on that. So yeah, the goddesses, uh, they're telling me. They're telling me to let y'all know. So there you go. Feel free to reach out. Okay, so back to Saravati. You know what's so interesting about her and the placement that she showed up in this episode is that we started with Pele, right, who is really about creation and really destruction, and it's that destructive nature that this you know, this new creation and beauty can come out of is that Saravati is the goddess that like brings order to chaos. <laughs> so it's really cool that we started this, uh, these goddesses that are introducing themselves with destruction and kind of just like firepower and lava and, and these things that make massive shifts and can make, you know, complete waste of landscapes to rebuild. And then we're ending it with this, this goddess that gives us order and she brings, you know, kind of calm and she can really counteract chaos and be, be the stability that we need at times. I think that's pretty cool. The placement that it came out this week, um, along with creativity, she is also, um, uh, a goddess of wisdom, of communication, of learning. You know, that's why the book is one of her symbols. Um, she is also said to have invented writing and to have invented the Sanskrit language, which I think is pretty cool. The, the belief is also that I think, I think the belief is that she is like the mother of music itself and created, you know, what we know as music. So there is, with her, there is like a peace and a tranquility that I think really is in like direct relation, uh, direct, the, what am I trying to say? Direct contrast with what we were feeling with Pele at the beginning of this section of the episode. As with Green Terra and with White Terra, we also see, um, oh, and I think Laksh, no, yes, Lakshmi as well. I know we didn't talk about Lakshmi, but she is, she's one of my girls. So I bring her up a lot. Um, she is also depicted sitting on a lotus, a white lotus. And, you know, that's a, a symbolism that comes up a lot in Hinduism. I actually really need to research that just for myself to see the exact significance of the lotus. Not And also not just Hinduism, but in Buddhism and many other religions and beliefs. But yeah, the lotus is something you will see. Um, the color white is associated with her a lot. And that is you know, the purity and the wisdom and the knowledge. And again, being like the order and repelling the darkness and the the chaotic nature of things and the negativity, she is like in this status of purity. So you will see the white color association and you will see the white lotus association a lot with her. 
So yeah, Saravati, I really love that she came through to close out this episode on a peaceful, non-chaotic note because I know that we always have so many things going on in the universe. We have solar flares and retrogrades and full moons and waning gibbuses. <laughs> We're in the equinox and things can seem a bit chaotic and they can seem a bit intense. So I'm glad that we came in with a bang and embracing the destruction and chaos. And now we're leaving out, embracing the peace. And I hope that's how we're going to transition out of September into October. Let's get through the chaos and then just enjoy our full month of October because it's going to be so amazing. Um, so like last week, instead of doing one crystal of the week, we will do the crystals that are associated with our beautiful goddesses that came to say hello today. Um, so let's go in the order that they showed up for Pele. The crystals or the stones are lava and obsidian. So when they say lava, I think like lava stones <laughs> that have cooled. Please don't try to go put your hand in any lava and be like, yes, this is a cleansing fire that Mickey was talking about. No, don't do that. And don't steal it from Hawaii. It is okay if you go to your ethical source of getting crystals and stones and get things that are made from, um, well, that's tricky. Because I would say, oh, you know, if you ethically can get your hands on some Hawaiian lava stones, but you're not supposed to take them off of the island because Pele don't play that. So <laughs> I would say maybe stick with the obsidian. But if you happen to be in the beautiful islands of Hawaii, especially on the big island where she resides currently and probably for eternity, unless, you know, she feels like she wants to do something else. It is, it's up to her, not us, honey. Um, I would say you could definitely... Take time to convene with her there and the natural stones that are there that are like formed from her magic and formed from her power. But please, again, do not take them away. So stick with the obsidian unless you plan on going to Hawaii to, you know, get your spiritual connection on. <laughs> okay. So for Coventina, I actually couldn't find anything. But being that she's such a water goddess, I'm going to go with Aquamarine. I think Aquamarine is a great stone to work with her. And... You know, since she is our well, not whale, no, well, I said it right the first time. <laughs> I I said well, but I thought I was saying whale because she is our well goddess. I think maybe like coppers or gold coins that you would throw into a well to make a wish. I think that might kind of counts as not a crystal or a stone, but a material that you can use to work with her. So I would look at copper and gold as, <laughs> as well, <laughs> because, you know, and also we have a lot of deposits of gold in the sea naturally and copper in the sea naturally. So yeah. And copper and gold are both very conductive materials. So aquamarine, aquamarine, copper, and gold for Coventina, even though I made those up, I think they might still be okay. <laughs> And then for Butterfly Maiden, it would be um, Fluorite. And for Green Tara, we have Aventurine, Jade, and Turquoise. And finally, for Saraswati or Saraswati, we have Lapis Lazuli and Emerald. So gorgeous stones all around for our gorgeous goddesses. And then there's our homework. Okay, I'm not going to stress you out. It's still about the manifestation box. Just you still have a week. I know I'm making it sound like we're at the deadline. It's October, basically. But you you have some time still. And, you know, don't get so caught up in it. it has to be something that 
speaks to you in like an earth shattering way and you saw it across the room like star-crossed lovers like no it could really just be something that you think is beautiful because things that speak to us aesthetically are things that speak to us on uh, um not like just a superficial level it, it speaks to a different part of us so don't get too bogged down that you have to have like this revelatory spiritual moment with your box hell get something pretty Get something that, you know, used to, that your mom has in her house or your favorite aunt or your favorite cousin, something that you have some kind of connection to. It doesn't, listen, it doesn't have to, you know, float out of the ocean and proclaim that it's yours. It's not like the sword and the stone and you have to pull it out and be the one chosen one. Just get something that makes you happy to look at, if nothing else, because you're going to be, it's going to be like the centerpiece on your altar for 30 days. So yeah, as long as it's pretty, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, connection is great, but if you like it, then I love it. All right, my loves. So that wraps us up for this week. Um, again, if you have any goddesses that you uh, would like, that you have a really special connection with and you would like me to talk about at the top of next week's episode, feel free to email me about them and I will be happy to share your favorite goddesses with everyone. Other than that, the Podcast at gmail.com if you want to just say hi, talk to me. If you want to ask about podcasting, like I said, my inbox is open. Uh, the Facebook group, you can search Bad Witch or the link is in the episode notes. The answer one more time this episode is The Craft. I will take The Covenant. I will take Flubber. I will take Blubber. I think I also said at some point I will take Teen Witch. So all of those are open. If you have asked to join and you have not given me an answer, please just go put in your answer and I promise I will let you in post haste. Um, Teespring, the link is below if you want to get your 100% That Witch shirt, if you want to get your uh, Varsity Astrology gear, if you want to get Witch Witch or You with the Eclectic Witch and the Cosmic Witch and the Bad Witch and the the Kitchen Witch and the Green Witch. I can't remember all the ones I made at this point. <laughs> and what else? Uh, duh, ba -da, duh. I know I'm forgetting something. Oh, Patreon! <laughs> Gosh! patreon.com slash bad witch i'm such a bad witch i'm i'm not even a good bad witch i'm just a bad bad witch right now patreon.com slash bad witch if you would like to join and support in that way it is so 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 appreciated and there was something else i wanted to say oh i'm really bad about this i always forget to ask but if you love the podcast and would not mind leaving a five-star review, it is also extremely appreciated and it does help people find the podcast. Um, actually, if you search witch, bad witch comes up pretty high, which is amazing. So dope. So um, everyone that's left, uh, uh, I was about to say messages, <laughs> like you, I'm a hundred, like you called me on your phone and we're like, oh, hey, Mickey, like just calling, give me a call back. I don't even have voicemail set up on my phone. If you left a review, I very, very, very much appreciate it. I always forget to ask about it, but I remember this week. I always make a mental note like, oh, you know, remember to say, oh, could you please do this? And then I just start running my mouth and then, and then it's over. So uh, yeah, I think that's everything for this week. I love you all. I am wishing you a very happy start to your October because we won't talk until October 2nd, I'm pretty sure. And again, happy autumnal, autumnal, autumnal <laughs> equinox. I hope you all had a very blessed festival and a very blessed day. And I hope all of your spells have been coming to fruition. You've just been manifesting like crazy. And uh, yeah, I love you all. I will talk to you next Wednesday. <laughs> next Wednesday or Wednesday, whatever. <laughs> blessed be my loves and goodbye.
Will your child be ready for kindergarten? At Chesterbrook Academy Preschool, the answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend a Chesterbrook Academy open house on Saturday, January 25th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit chesterbrookacademy.com. That's chesterbrookacademy.com.